So the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast, this is Barnsley, back again for another week of NRL, and unfortunately it is a week of absolute carnage. We're coming up to Magic Round, but there's nothing magic around around the TLT or around any of our teams at the moment with the amount of people that could be out or already are out. It's just absolute carnage, and whenever it's carnage like this, ahead of Round 10, I always like to speak to Billy about it. So we've got Billy on the podcast for tonight. Billy, I'm sure your team's just as anxious as the rest of us. You've probably got a few there that you're a little bit worried about. Not at all, mate. I'm loving it. Loving it. This is, uh, this is how we rise through the ranks. Depth, brother. Depth. <laughs> yeah, I was actually making that comment on a couple of the chats that, um, I, I sort of wanted David Fafita and guys like that to, to not get off. So David Fafita didn't get off and other guys have been ruled out as well, like Munster and so forth. And even Pappenhausen is in the extended bench so maybe he doesn't even play so I, I like it because I think it does separate those teams a lot as you said it gives everyone an opportunity to have to make big decisions uh, and you can't fix your whole team like nobody can separate everyone and it's going to be a super interesting round. Yeah I was just having to think about the whole David Fafita thing um, I thought it was great up until about 30 minutes ago then realised that all of a sudden it just frees up basically a million bucks for everyone to split him in two and given that he's not going to play for three or four rounds so I'm not sure whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but at least it mixes it up, eh? Well, I, th- I always think it's a good thing when it makes people have to uh, make decisions that they weren't planning on or they weren't thinking about. Like, sure, that, that frees up a bit of money, but it's a guy that they weren't going to trade out before, and it might mean that they hold somebody else for an extra week. You know, you could have some teams that get an AE that they would have traded out otherwise, uh, and there's a whole heap of other repercussions and things as well. Like, you might have... You know, for me, for example, I mean, I preferably was going to fix up my hooker spot because I didn't want to, after Watson got benched, keep playing Watson in my 17. And he's my starting hooker at the moment. So I was going to fix that up. But I don't think I can this week because I just don't have the luxury. So I think it's a bit of a knock-on effect there that even though I might have a heap of money to spend with for feeder out, uh, it might mean that I have to leave one or two of my plans that I had for this week and next to, to be able to make those moves. Yeah, I think that's where it makes it a little bit easier for you too, but because... <laughs> Every, every man and his dog was going to have to make a decision about sort of Watson and Barnett. Do you sell or do you hold? Dropping in coin. Now, basically, you have to hold and you have to play because everyone's that short. And the good thing is, you know, Stefano's out, Spencer's out, um, Munster's out. All these outs um, with, with, with gun players, but all these all these benchies are out as well. So um, it, you're not going to have to worry about, oh, which, which one of these bums do I start and pick the wrong one and someone scores 60 in? you get a 30. So it's basically, you either have depth now, or you don't. Yeah, well, you're talking to a non-turbo owner, mate. So, I mean, like, at the moment, I am uh, trying my best to catch up to the turbo captainers from last week. Even the turbo owners last week absolutely killed it. I, I, watched, I was actually at my mother's for Mother's Day, visiting her, so I couldn't actually watch that game. And I quickly looked at my phone and saw the turbo scored the first two tries and I was like, oh shit, this is going to be huge. He's going to score four or five. And then I sort of had the relief because you know when you, you're not watching the game but you, and you don't have super coaches invested, but you do have guys that you're playing against that you know have players like turbo and you kind of don't want to open 
the league live scores and have a look, and I sort of did and squinted at who scored the next tries, and I was suddenly relieved because it was like four extra manly tries and Turbo hadn't scored any of them. So I was like, oh, he slowed down or something's happened. That's great. And then obviously I went into the stats and saw, oh, cool, five line breaks and three three try assists as well. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolutely killed me. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had one, one of those moments where uh, you've got the captaincy on someone and you go look at the score, you're like, oh, he, he's on he's on, he's on, on 45 after 30, 30 minutes. So uh, I've got 90 at the moment. Then realize, oh, hold up. That's the game at. He's actually on 90. <laughs> you take your score and you're 180. Oh. <laughs> yep. Mate, I saw your tear emoji left, right and centre. I was loving it. Oh, look, it was just, it was also just such a strange round. Like, my team was all out on Saturday night. So I'd had everyone play and I had a 12.50 odd. And I was really comfortable with that. Like, I was looking around and seeing guys with 800 with four left and stuff. And I was looking really Guilty. good, like 12.50. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You too. I saw you. Yeah. Uh, people were looking like they were in real trouble. So I was thinking, 12.50, this is going to be a pretty decent score. And I felt like I got a lot right. Like, I had some lower scores, but, um, you know, I had Adam Dewey's 140, Stephen Crichton's 117. Five minutes before kickoff of the Panthers game, I said, you know what, stuff the VC this week. I'm just throwing the C on Cleary. And that worked out a gem. You know, I had these really good scorers in there. I played Junior Paulo for his 77. You know, I was feeling really good. And then Sunday, I just got obliterated. <laughs> these guys that looked like projected a 1,000 score ended up scoring 1,400 and stuff. Just, it was an amazing round. Yeah, it was good. It was um, certainly, certainly makes you appreciate the um, the, the VC loophole. You, you really got to analyse it and go, you know, just just because a bloke's got 115, it doesn't mean your captain has to score 115 for it to be, to be uh, worth it. It's the combined player that you would otherwise leave out with the captain. So uh, it was nowhere near enough to loot. No, well, I mean, in the end, I was I was happy that I put the C on uh, Cleary. It was just Turbo that killed me, and I had him in every head-to-head, aside from one out of my ten head-to-heads. So it, it just I went from leading ten out of ten and looking pretty much home in nine out of ten, I reckon to losing, you know, all but two, I think, something like that. So it was just basically turbo killed I got, me. So. I got done the head, head to head by Bergs <laughs> from, uh, what is it, 360? Yep. Killed me. Well, I had Des in the podcast league. Uh, Des beat me by 25 or something. Um, so that was pretty brutal. I needed Valentine Holmes to score like uh, 60 or something, um, and he's... Yeah, yeah, it's just a bad end to the round. But anyway, let's not wallow in uh, in my team from last week. It didn't go that badly. Only let's talk about this week. So, for everyone listening this week, we're actually going to do a bit of a slightly different format. We're going to focus a lot on trades and and do a bit of a different trade segment. We're not going to necessarily look at trade it in and out. That gets a bit boring sometimes. So, I'm going to spruce up the trade segment. We're going to talk about a lot of different type of trading scenarios and stuff and focus on that and we're going to have a really short TLT where we're mainly just going to quickly look at VC and C options, better the week and what we think is going to happen in the game, which is a much more condensed version of TLT. I'm not going to go through all the changes or everything like that or discuss the teams because I'm going to assume that all you informed super coaches that listen to this podcast love all the detail and stuff and you probably already know who's in and who's out of each team's lineup. So we're going to condense it all a little bit more for this week and try a bit of a different format. Before we get stuck into the trade segment, though, I do need to mention our partner, Top Sport. 
Top Sport, 100% Australian-owned bookmaker, fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast. If you are a fan of punting, make sure you do so responsibly, but do it with Top Sport. They often have best odds in the market, particularly their NRL stuff is gold. And things like Brian Toto, anytime try, Mike Acevo, anytime try, you'll see as low as $1.40 on other betting apps. If you go onto the Top Sport betting app, you'll see that they're often 10, 20 cents better than anyone else. So if you're going to do it, make sure that you let them know you're one of our listeners. And you can do that by using the promo code SC Allstars. And once they know that you're an SC Allstar listener, they'll take really good care of you. You get some great stuff and you can make sure that you can punt with some of the best odds in the market. But we're going straight into the trade segment. And the first part of our trade segment for this week is our trade strategy for the week. And with the trade strategy, uh, I think that the main thing that we need to talk about is it is a week which is probably unlike any other that we've had so far, Billy, where you have a whole heap of stars out. And it's a matter of whether you do hold or sell these guys. And there's a, there's a range of different guys, but some of the big names include uh, Munster, David Fafida. They're both out for two plus weeks. Uh, Grant is out for two weeks as well. And then we have other guys like Sam Walker, who is heavily traded at the moment. He's one of the more traded out players. And he is being traded out because there's a lot of rumours that he's very much a 50-50 of pulling out or not. So people are looking at pulling the pin now after a smaller score last week. Billy... Guys like Munster, Fafita and Grant, they're all going to play Origin, which means you know, you're going to get, with the games they're going to miss now, you're going to get one game out of the next month of them. Uh, obviously, some people own all three, and that's just a killer. How do you handle this as a strategy? You know, Are you, are you very much of the belief that you, that you just sell all those guys uh, or that you hold some of them, or if you have to hold some of them because you own all three, how do you prioritise it? How do you normally look at these type of trade scenarios when you've got guys that are a lot of money on the pine that, you, that it's going to be really hard to sit in there for the next month and get one game out of them? Yeah, um, so first first things first, look at the, you've got to look at the matchups. Um, so what, what are the lineups? For, for example, if you look at the Storms run, they've got an absolutely brilliant run coming up. They've got some really soft games leading into leading into Origin, and then on the other side of Origin, I think they've got a Broncos and a Tigers or a couple of really soft games there. So if you sell a bloke like Munster, um, you're going to miss. Yeah, so he's going to miss a couple of games anyway. Then he's going to miss Origin. But who who are you going to play in the meantime? Too, you basically have to get Jerome Luai or, or play Watson. So. Unless you're going to get one, get um, one of those guys, you basically going to have to settle for a second best and miss that run. So for a bloke like Munster, I would probably be prepared just to just to play some like Lewis or, or Watson for a couple of weeks and hold him because I really don't want to lose him for those games in rounds of the 14 and 15. I think he can go ballistic there. Um, David Fafita, 100% sell. It's absolute waste of money. The, 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 amount, the amount of good you could do with his coin between now and then completely offsets holding him. Um, I've seen a couple of comments around the traps around you now. Good luck getting him back. Uh, actually, be quite easy. You've got blokes like Barnett, um, Watson. That's half a million bucks there. He's going to drop 50 to 100 grand a day. All you need to do is just cut one of your cows and, and upgrade upgrade one of those blokes. Easy as. I don't see why it's so difficult to get him back. The only difficulty you will have is trying to get a guy like Fafita as well as Pappy at the same time. But I think Pappy would be the priority given his run post-origin. So to answer your question... 100% self feeder, absolute waste of money sitting on your pine. 50-50 on Munster, depends on who you can cover in, in, in the meantime for blokes like that. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, look, 
I think that there's a couple of key points that you made there, Billy, that I really like. So to summarise, the first point is, who are you going to play instead? And I think that's a really important question to ask yourself. You know, if you've got someone that's a good backup uh, that you've got there is one of your reserves that you normally play. Now, I'm going to assume that Adam Adam Dewey is actually going to play six, and I'm hoping for a last-minute change because it makes no sense at all that he's getting shafted to centre. So I'm hoping that that's just a bit of a smokescreen, which is what a few of the other podcasters have said. So hopefully that's the case, but let's use that as a scenario. So I've got Munster and Dewey. Dewey's a really great player that I can put in at six and comfortably play. So it's really a reserve that I need to replace. And then it becomes much easier to, to play someone instead of Munster and to hold him. Uh, when it's someone like David Fafida, um, it might be a little bit harder because I don't think there is as many bench reserve second row forward options that are near as good. Um, so that's one thing. And then it's also who you're going to trade to. If you are going to trade David Fafida, there's a lot of options that you can trade him to. Whereas, as Billy said, Cameron Munster, really it's Luai, and Luai might end up playing Origin anyway. Obviously, Dewey is the port option, but you can't get him if he's going to be playing at centre, and we don't know yet. So it is certainly much easier um, to probably trade for feeder in that regard. But but the thing that you didn't mention, Billy, is the, the break-evens and the price you did. But the break-even, you know, look at the break-evens. You know, as far as who's going to be harder to get back, David Fafita's... 851000 So he's not going to be any more expensive, and he's got a break-even of 144. Now, I know he's been killing it, but he's a young guy that hasn't had a lot of origin under his belt that's going to be backing up from State of Origin with 144 BE. So chances are he's going to drop a couple of games in that origin period and maybe hit a bit of a tired spot. The Titans have already rested him twice for now when he's been a bit under the weather and he hasn't played 80 minutes. So, you know, coming out of origin... Games, you know, there's every chance that maybe they do that again as well. So I definitely think that Fafita, looking at his price, who you can get instead, uh, and his break-even, you know, he would be the priority out of the three for me, um, especially when you're looking at him versus Cam Munster. And he's also 50% owned, whereas Cameron Munster is a lot less owned, which I think is an, a, another good advantage as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I think it's just really hard to, to hold any of these guys that have a lot of a lot of coin attached to them and they're not playing. Like, Munster and Fafita might both go for me this week because it means that I can make some big trades and big moves for next week with a lot of bank there. So I definitely think the strategy of holding um, is is a bit overrated uh, with these type of guys. Uh, You can, like you said, Billy, you can get them all in later. Like, you'll be able to. Yeah, like your hell, Teddy, hey? (laughs) He's a good color. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, let's go over to Controversy Corner. So, controversy corner on the trade segment. A lot of people are trading out Sam Walker and also Barnett. And a lot of people are arguing on the internet at the moment, on all different groups, all different social media platforms, and even in pubs. Who do I trade? Barnett? Yeah, I'm going to trade him. No, what are you trading Barnett for? It's going to be fine. He's going to kick over Origin. Blah, blah, blah. What are you trading Sam Walker for? He's been a gun. Doesn't matter. He's playing this week. He's named... It's pretty hard. I mean, Sam Walker is now 600,000, and he's played exceptionally well. Like, I don't think anyone expected him to play that well. But he's now made 425,000. He's got a break-even at 19, so you can definitely afford to wait and see. But I think a lot of teams' depth this week means that they need him in their 17, or they need to bite the bullet and trade him, which is fair enough. But if you can cover Sam Walker, Billy, you know, do you think that he has peaked at 600k and it's time to offload him? Or are you in the camp that 
Nah, the guy has been absolutely killing it. He's the fourth best halfback. He's got a high score of 163 with an average of 85, a three-round average of 107. So forget about the disappointing game last week. He's a gun. Just keep him as your backup, and he's going to play round 17 by as well. So what camp are you in with Sammy Walker? Um, I'd be keeping him um, only because they played the Eels last week. Eels played out of their skin, kind of. They didn't have as much possession. They've got a couple of guys coming back pretty soon. It, it, it is the Chooks, but you'd want to have a cover for him because you, you couldn't play him with confidence right, right about now, but he does cover the second by. But the the flip side to that is, if he doesn't play this week, he's not going to play round, th- round 13, and he's under the injury cloud, so he's not going to play two of the next four. If you're desperate for um, a player this week, there's no point holding him for the round you know, 17, 18, by whatever it is, because... The, the points that he scores that round, you're missing this round and round 13. So you could easily catch, catch him in and use, use the coin now. If his injury gets better and he starts showing some reform again and clicking with Teddy, you can easily sort of get him back. But, um, yeah, he, he's a 50-50. I wouldn't be too concerned about selling him or, or not selling him. He's just one of those depends-on-the-make-up-of-your-own-team type decisions. Yeah, look, I, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I think you could probably go either way with him. Um, I am going to go the other way on Barnett, though. Mitchell Barnett, like, I, was, I was loving having him at the start as a pod, 80 minutes goal-kicking. Lots of goal-kicking, but I still really liked him. He was still a very easy hold for around 13. Uh, average of 74 points a game. He's actually in, in the top four or five second rowers on averages, and he's got a base of 48, which is quite strong. The thing that happened, though, was that on the weekend, he moved into Watson's role in the 13 jumper. And with Watson on the bench, we knew that that was going to be a bit of a disaster if he didn't really move to the edge for bulk minutes. And Fitzgibbon has just killed him, as has the coach. He played 44 minutes on the weekend for a base of 38 and for a score of 46. I thought that he played really well, and he did everything that he could. But 44 minutes for a guy that's costing you 575000 you know, as much as I like Barnett, as much as I wanted to keep him for round 12, he his role has changed astronomically now with those minutes. And to me, I think that you have to cull him. Uh, I think maybe the only reason that it's, he's saved is because you've got guys like David Fafita that you may, maybe need to cull first along with other spots. Um, uh, honestly, the only reason he's saved this week is because if you're selling, you're starting a guy like the Ryan James for 10 minutes off the bench as um, due to all the injuries. That's the only reason I'm keeping him. The only reason why he may still be valuable um, is if you don't have to play him between now and then or you have to play him this week, but you don't have you, you don't have to play him next week um, and the week after, but when it comes to that round 12, you can use him. You've got to remember that Frizzell's going to be in origin, so that'll pro- probably free him up to play full 80 minutes on the edge again and he'll kick for Ponga. Um, the only caveat there is that they'll probably be playing a full string of eels, so... Um, the way the, the Eels are going really well at the moment. So how many points do they score, especially without Ponga? Um, I'm not sure, but you'd like to think that he probably gets goal-kicking in 80 minutes in that one game that you need him to. Yeah, look, I was all over selling him. Um, and then when I heard about the Storm news and all this other stuff, I, my squad was quite short. So I sort of had to look at the scenario of, well, Barnsley, what if you can't sell him because you don't have a good enough squad to field 17 that you're happy with and you need to play him this week? Under that scenario, um, look, it's it's not the worst in the world. We've only seen one week of the rotation. You can kind of hope and pray that he gets more than 44 minutes. He's got a 98 BE, so he's going to drop cash. But, you know, if he only hemorrhages 30K, you're not that bad off. And his draw leading into that buy, he does have the Tigers, the Cowboys, and Manly before that Parramatta buy game. 
so the next three weeks are about as friendly as what they can be. Um, so it, it's not it's not the worst, but in a perfect world, I, I would definitely be selling him. And he was penciled in as a sell for me straight away until all these injuries and suspensions happened. If you're absolutely desperate for coin though, and he's your only way out, you could play Saab this week. Like I know I know he might be on zero at half time, but he's playing the Broncos. Yeah, look, you can get really down and dirty and just try and risk it for a week. Um, I, that's definitely an option. Um, I think that probably a lot of teams are going to end up playing a pleb forward uh, because Barnett's probably their starting second rower and uh, a lot of the reserves you know, aren't stacked in some teams. So yeah, I, I think that becomes a little bit scarier. Yeah, I think Saab's probably worth 15 points in the whole game if he doesn't do anything. And if, he's only, if Barney's only getting sort of 40, 45 minutes and scoring sub 50, then... You're really only sort of 25, 30 points away by playing Saab, but he might, he might fall over the line for one. Like, he, he is getting a bit better with Turbo in the team, so it, 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 it might not be the worst if you need to sell him. Yeah, look, I if I'm not selling him this week, it's because I have to play him, you know, and that's kind of the question that I'd ask myself if I if I was thinking about Barnett, what to do with him. You know, if I'm not selling him, it's because I need to play him this week. And then it becomes an easier hold, potentially, and you can sort of see what happens. If you don't need to play him this week, and like Billy Scenario, if you're happy enough to roll the dice and Barnett's a reserve and you can roll the dice on a star or something, if you want to do that, well, you know, then you need to probably just sell him anyway. So, yeah, it's it, it's a little bit controversial because he has been such a good forward, and it's a little bit controversial on Sammy Walker because he has been so good. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think there's very good merit for either of those guys to be sold at the moment. And I don't see the Barnett minutes going up hugely. He might go to 50, but that's still not going to be enough. At least he's not running at TPJ this week. <laughs> Fitzy can have that. Well, you know, the, against the Tigers, you know, it's it's one of those things that always happens with trades, right, where you make the right decision. And to trade Barnett, I think, is a, a right decision based on his new role. And he'll probably go for a try this week because it happens all the time. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's move off controversy corner and go into farming. So put your farmer's hat Billy, on, Billy. We're going for farming, and that's the cows of interest. So what cows can we see out on the farm? Well, under the cheapy stakes, we've got Gamble and Max Fiagai. Now, Gamble, to start with, he is named again for his third game. Um, he has looked very good. The tail of the tape is pretty impressive for him. He's gone 60 and 55 minutes the last two weeks, and he's had 32 base, raw base in that, with a 30 and 33 in his two games. He's a dual 5'8 halfback. He's 186,000. He's got a minus 48 BD. He ticks absolutely every box to go for a downgrade. Um, those are all the positives on Tyson Gamble for this week, Billy. The couple of negatives, though, for him for me, uh, I'm not that trusting that he can make it to the buy. And Kevin Walters, I think, could very well change the halves. He's gone pretty well for a couple of weeks, but if they lose the next two, and they very well could against Manly and the Roosters, I'm not so sure that he definitely has a stranglehold on that jersey. That's one thing. Um, the other last thing with Tyson Gamble for me is playing for the Broncos. Yeah, I, I don't know how good it's going to go, but more so at this point in the season, we're getting towards the halfway point in a few weeks. And I think there's been probably more cows than some of the scarcer years. So I think a lot of teams have already farmed their cows, have already made a fair bit of money, and have already got a lot of guys, maybe three or four specific big cash cows making money still, like a current and so forth, that are already sitting there. So 
this is probably a point, Billy, where you don't have to be going for all these cows. You can start to prioritise points. And when a lot of teams can trade a David for feeder out and basically buy two of whoever they want with two trades and not have to downgrade, uh, it, it might make some sense to not get a Tyson gamble. Oh, yeah, 100%. The whole point of trading uh, trading in cheapies is to make money so you can buy guns. No point trading in cheapie for coin if you can just trade David for feeder and just get the guns straight away. You get the points now, not later. Yeah, and we've had so many cheapies come up. Like, I think everyone can see that they're going to keep pop- popping up. You know, like, this, the, like we've just spoke about, mentioned Max for our guy. Now, his brother Matt um, played great on the weekend in his debut, and hopefully, I haven't seen the injury report, but hopefully he's back for that buy, and he gets named in that buy, and then you can look at him down the track. Like, there's going to keep being cheapies. So if you need some more cheapies over the next month, you're going to have other options, and you probably only want to buy one or two of them max because you're not going to have the trades to be able to trade them out, and you're going to sacrifice too many points if you keep buying every good one that comes up. Now, Tyson Gamble does look like a really good one, minus 48 BE, but yeah, you, you probably made enough money at this point to not have to get him. So I definitely not, I definitely say he's not a must-have, but if you're desperate for a cheapie and you haven't gotten on some of the others, like the Currens and so forth, then it does make sense, and he probably will end up being a good one. Yeah, and don't forget, Bloor's on the bench now, so he, he'll, he'll be coming out pretty soon. But it doesn't always have to be bottom dollar as well. I mean, buy low, sell high. Um, you can easily find someone that's the 400k that's gone up to 600 or vice versa and just flip the switch around there, depending on their draws. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because we've also got the mids here as well. Um, so let's go into the mids and then the quick flip, more expensive options as well while we're farming. Um, Max Viagai, though, we should... Um, go through first. So Max, how do you rate him? Because these brothers were meant to be rated pretty highly and he's actually come on the scene and looked pretty good, I thought. His brother Matthew had a, had a pearler on the weekend and yeah, killed tackle, it. Tackle busters. Uh, oh yeah, but I mean, even this kid, like he's gone 51 and 30 in these two games, average a 27 raw base, but he gets those TBs and he's only 203,000 with a minus 8 BE. So I mean, he's an easy grab for a centre wing, but centre wing you could probably wait for and maybe get his brother in a couple of weeks or something like that. Yeah, there's no guarantee that which one's going to stick around because you, you got Lomax out at the moment and Ravalara's on one wing, so pretty much one of those guys is going to be fighting out for the other wing, I would think. So which one gets it? I don't know. You, you don't want to buy the wrong one. Yeah, one of those one one of those brothers is um, uh, bigger and more of a tackle buster, and the other one's sort of a bit bit quicker and uh, yeah, uh, sort of a bit sort of quicker, but. Both similar output, just different different styles. Yeah, well, I mean, Max started off pretty well. He had really solid base, whereas um, Matt's base, he's a smaller one, isn't as good, but he threw up an 89 where he had a, a couple of line breaks and a try. So he definitely looks like the attacking one. So he looks like a better winger um, than what Max does, whereas, you know, Max is in there at the centre spot for Lomax. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. I think you can let these guys go, though. I'm more inst- interested in watching these mid guys that have popped up this week as potential options. And Flegler is the first one. So Flegler is the first mid-cow that we can quickly talk about. He's uh, come into contention because Carrigan's done his ACL. And Flegler's been playing 36 minutes a game for an average of 35 points a game, which is pretty solid at around a 1 ppm. Now, you'd expect that those minutes will probably go to 55 um, which should be an extra, you know, 19, 20 points, and all of a sudden his average of 35 points goes pushing towards a mid-50s points. At 284,000, 
that's going to be huge for him. He does only have a few games where he's played bigger minutes. Round one, he played 48 minutes of 45 points. Round three, 48 minutes for 39 points. And then he's played last round, 45 minutes for his 57. Hasn't got any games where he's gotten towards 55 minutes this year. So there is a worry that he might be around that 48-minute mark, in which case, you know, it's probably not going to really be worth it at 285k, even though he does play the round 13 by. So 18BE, Billy... Um, if Flegler sticks at 13 and plays the sort of minutes that Carrigan does this week, you could probably afford to wait and watch and probably target him more next week, I reckon. Uh, yep. Or you can take my advice and say, been there, done that. It's not going to work. Um, <laughs> yeah, did, did this one last year. Exact same thoughts. Decent sort of PBM. Thought, it was, thought he was going to get more minutes, but it never eventuates. He'll go on and you'll you start and you'll think he's going to get sort of, you know, 60 minutes and all of a sudden he'll come off after 18 or 19 then they'll bring on Asiara, then Kiki J will go in the middle, then you'll get injured, then he'll go back on for two minutes and all of a sudden the bloke's you know, averaging an extra eight or nine minutes a game than what he did previously. If he does get one miraculous 60-minute game, he scores 35. So he's just too hard to pick. So I would not worry about him at all, mate. I don't think he's... Fit. I don't think he's the type of player who didn't score enough uh, clutch to really sort of propel you. So it's basically getting a little bit of extra output, which is unknown. I think he's too much of a risk, so uh, massive lead for me. Yeah, I, I disagree a little bit on this one, um, only because I think it's completely tied to his minutes. You know, like, it, I definitely think you have to watch him this week because there's a, very much a chance, Billy, that what you're saying happens and it just doesn't shake out that he gets those minutes. But they do have Levi on the bench, so it is only a three-forward bench. And when you have a look at what he did last year, he had three games where he played 50-plus minutes, and that was for an average of 53 minutes a game. And over the course of those three games, he averaged 59 points in his 53 minutes. So his PPM definitely stayed up there. And yeah, his output for, for that price point, if he gets those you know 53 to 55 minutes, is really good on what he's done before. He's just got to get the minutes. So, I mean, would you change your tune at all? Watch this week. And he plays 55 minutes all of a sudden, or even more. Would that change your idea of a Flegler for next week? No, not really. Um, probably because my personal situation is, you know, stacked in a fair few positions. That's more of a down downgrade for necessity. I just don't, and even, even if you really needed him, I just don't see a massive upside potential. Oh, look, fair enough. I mean, it's it's another round 13 number as well, and he's a front row forward, so somebody that you know is holding you. And you to Kamanu, who maybe won't play um, if he keeps getting dropped, or somebody more so for Ryan James owners who have him at front row forward and isn't going to play in the bye. Um, you know, Ryan James to him could be really easy. Uh, it could net you 150k profit or something if he does get those, you know, 53 to 55 minutes. But, you know, I think it's a, a better for a watch this week anyway. Let's move on to some of the other cows. There's actually Arthur's at the Broncos. I'm just going to mention him just because he's he's got such a good BE at minus 34, and he's only 267,000. He's scored a try the last two weeks in a row for 78, 52 points, and he's going to be playing manly at Suncorp in Magic Rounds. So there's every chance that um, he has another try in him this week. He's going to make a bit of cash, but... You know, Jesse Arthurs, haven't really thought about him much before, but he's got a really solid base of 29 and he scored the last two weeks in a row. Obviously, there are people looking at centre wing that maybe have to downgrade there or have to get someone cheap in there. Arthurs could stick around for the buy and he has a low BE. Um, you know, should they be looking at him in the centre wing or would you just roll the dice on, on one of the Dragons' young boys and just hope that they stick around? Oh, I... 
I probably wouldn't take either option. If, you, if you're just looking for a buy cover at the moment, um, particularly at the, the 7.3 quarter line, you can probably even just get one of those cheaper guys at front way forward and take an AE for 7.3 quarter as opposed to buying him. I think there's just too much risk with... Okay. If you if you went back four or five weeks and said, hey, look, let's get on Arthur's, you'd give yourself an uppercut. The fact that he scored a couple of tries this week, the last, the last couple of weeks, makes it a little bit more interesting, like, like numbers-wise on, on the spreadsheet. But when you go back and tell yourself, look, it's Arthur's, I think that kind of puts it in context a bit for you. And I know what you were just saying, that, uh, oh, look, they get to play Manly this week. Well, Man, I think it's the other way around. I think Manly get to play Broncos this week. Yeah, look, it is. But, I mean, the, the Manly side still gave up a heap of points to the Warriors. So, I mean, I, I don't doubt that it's a good matchup for the Manly side, particularly Turbo, who I'm really scared of again this week. But um... Yeah, it, it might, might, be, might be another one of those um, Titans-Broncos games where it's a, a seesaw. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I'm going to fast forward to our last mid-cow when we're farming, and that's BJ Leilua, who you're going to hate even more, me mentioning. But 333,000, a minus 16 BE, so not as good as Arthur's at all. But he's come back into the squad. He's been in the last two weeks in a row and scored two tries in a row. I thought that he's looked better. He's retained his jumper for this week, and he scored 76 and 60 points the last two weeks. I never want to go near BJ again. Um, and I've said that several times and, you know, I've still looked at him and I think that it warrants looking at him because it looks like he's probably going to stick around at the moment with how he's playing and, you know, him fighting his way back into the side the last two weeks and he does play the round 13 by and he's only 333,000. His base attack has been back there as well. Uh, He's been getting some TBs and I think that he's been a lot better the last two weeks than what I've seen from him the last one and a half seasons. Obviously, that might not keep up, Billy, but 76 and 60 points the last two weeks, despite the tries, is good. He's got Newcastle, the Warriors, Dragons, and a heavily reduced Penrith side in the bye. So, you know, with a minus 16 BA at 330-odd K, uh, it does warrant consideration. He's a full 10 points below the shit season that he had last year. I doubt that he's going to finish the season with a 37 average. So there's going to be some upside there, even if it's just making some cash in the buy. I guess the question is, if you're going to buy one centre wing for money, and for some points in round 13, is it worth going for a low low swing on a BJ Leilua? Uh, I think he's got too much of a risk to uh, you know, blow a gasket or throw a punch or just get dropped again for attitude. But you, you wouldn't think it'd be stupid enough to, to have no work ethic and get, and get dropped again after just being out for two weeks, would you? Well, <laughs> it's a Leilua, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, I... I if it wasn't for all the money that was going to be left over from some of the trades at the moment for having to get rid of guns, um, if it was a normal week, I'd, I'd highly be considering BJ at the moment um, with his BE. It's a time to act now. So if you are a team that probably is lucky to be unaffected by most of the changes that have happened for this TLT, uh, I think that he's a consideration. I'd consider him over all the other mids that we've discussed, um, that's for sure. As far as the quick flip, Expensive Josh Adokar. Six tries on the weekend, Billy. Six tries. 178 points. And just quietly, two weeks ago, he scored 107 points with two tries as well. So he's got a three-round average now of 113, a five-round average of 83. And he's a massive 582,000. But he has a minus 21 BE. And he's going to be playing the Dragons, the Raiders, 
the Broncos, and then he, and then he's going to be off to Origin. But it's still a pretty good three game run where he is a type of high price cow that you can get in, make some cash out of, but also play pretty comfortably and hope for some points the next few weeks. And I dare say that he's probably going to score a few tries the next three weeks with his matchups. So, you know, we spoke about how a lot of teams have a lot of money to spend. So guys like a, a cheaper fair guy this week or something, you know, you may as well not bother because you can get a more expensive guy. Adokar is a guy that can have huge upside and score a lot of points despite his low floor, but also make you maybe 100k over the next couple of weeks as well. So he ticks a couple of boxes. Would you consider him? Not without Munster on the left side. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, what might happen is Pappenhausen comes in and plays fullback and Nico Hines goes to six. Yeah, that, that, would, that, would, that would make it more palatable. I think you've got two, a couple of attacking players that really sort of get through the line. Adokash, that's sort of like they can sit on 25 or all game and do nothing, but one line break and he's in the sort of 55, two, and uh, he's in the sort of 90, sort of 90 but he really needs to get um, but, but, you, but at, at this point in the season, you want sort of 75 average, average for the guy from, from your wingers, which means sort of 70, 70 every single week. Do you really think he's going to go over the line twice per week? I would much rather get one of those sort of higher base guys that worry I've only got to guarantee it once a week. Yeah, I just keep looking at some of these matchups. I mean, the round 12 one against the Broncos, I think the beauty of that is that he's going to be playing with Grant and Munster back as well. So, I mean, you can't get him in later because he's got a minus 21B and he's already incredibly expensive. Like, you kind of got to make the call now. And you can look ahead and say, you know, that Broncos one's going to be a smash-up. And, you know... Yeah, <laughs> just it, it does actually look reasonably appealing on paper because you can just splash so much cash around at the moment with the trade-outs. Well, can you read out to me um, again what his price tag is and what his run of scores has been for the first few weeks? So, 582,000 last yeah. three weeks. 107, 53, 178. He scored two tries, one try, and six tries. Uh, I just keep going back to the... <laughs> Yeah, at a car of old, but the extra time in play certainly, certainly, certainly benefiting him. Yeah, look, I, I know, it, like he, we've laughed about it on this podcast, me and you together, about how you know he scores his hundred and then goes back to back seventeen, eighteen, and he's done that each of the last two years multiple times. But one of the interesting things with him this year is he's only got one terrible score, and that's twenty three, and his next worst score is actually thirty three. And then his next worst score is in the 40s. So when you go through all of his games, you know, he's got nine this year, and seven out of nine, he's gone 40-plus, which is unlike at Okarabold. And he actually has four of those games as well where he hasn't scored a try. So it's really interesting. You know, the first two rounds of the year, he managed 33 and 41, and neither of those had a try in them, which is unlike at Okar. Yeah, it makes it more palatable. Um, I'm actually going to change my mind a little bit here. I think he's an, I'm not going to buy him, but I think he's an option with some serious upside if you get it right. Yeah, and look, it's uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think he's an option, but I am going to put a caveat in there that he's an option this week because it's quite an extraordinary week. I think if it was a normal week, you just say, nah, it's too much money to outlay to try and make some cash and try and capitalise on some matchups. But when you can spend as much as you like, basically, you've got an open checkbook 
I think this week's a bit different, and that's why I think he's definitely a consideration. Let's move along, Billy. So off from Ado Car, off from the farming, let's go and get the guns out. Got the six shooters ready. We've got four guns we're going to talk about. The first one I don't even want to speak about, and that is obviously Turbo. Um, he's obviously someone that everybody is looking at right now and saying, should I just trade any fullback that I have to get Turbo in? His last four weeks, 116, 118, 68, and 191. So he is currently averaging 123 points and has a 758,000 price tag, which isn't going to be that hard to find this week. And he's playing the Brisbane Broncos. So if he scored 191 against the Warriors, I have nightmares already that he's going to score 387 versus the Broncos this week. So I considered trying to get him in, but I think that I'm going to leave it. I think I'm going to stick with Gutho and Teddy. But the numbers say that uh, people should be considering him. Um, when you look at the market, a lot of people are trading him in. You know, where do you stand on, on the turbo chase if you don't have him? Um, <laughs> I'll give you a little, little, a little stat which might make it a bit easier for you to, for you to decide. Um, turbo averages a massive ton once every three games. He's just had one, so basically you've got to hope it's not this one or next one before you buy him. Well, he's going to be he's going to be on the buy in round thirteen. So I mean, you've only got three weeks where you have to grit your teeth and kind of bear it and hope that even when he returns from that round thirteen after Origin, that maybe mainly go easy on him. Okay, so law of averages, he's going to have another massive time between now and round thirteen. So if you're not going to buy him, you need to just hope that the uh, law of averages is wrong, <laughs> or it's just not too big a time. Yeah. Oh, just <laughs> I'm just going to stick stubborn. You know, I, I get why people are going to like look at him. Um, I, I, I really like how you're looking at it with those numbers, Billy. And I've said it plenty of times about the law of averages. The problem is that Turbo's gone three out of the last four weeks as tons. And he is the type of guy that can just be a complete outlier and just go on a run. He just keeps making the unbelievable believable and it just keeps making it happen. So I am worried about that. But when you're looking at the fullbacks that you could trade... You know, let's try and do a bit of a sense check for these people looking at the, the big gun trade-in of Turbo. You're going to be trading a Kalen Ponga, who is playing the West Tigers. I, I would not be considering that, because Kalen Ponga could throw up 180 points himself. Then you're going to be going for Tedesco out to get Turbo in, but Tedesco is playing the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, obviously, they haven't been going as well, but, you know, it's... Still Teddy, and I, one of the things that I hear with Teddy is, you know, he's been going shit the last month. Last week, he had 36 possession of ball, and the vast majority of that was in his own 30 to 40 metre line off his try line, which means it was Ford's taking hit-ups. He had no opportunity. He had no possessions at all. The two games before that, didn't play, and the game before that, he played like 20 minutes and got a HIA. Like, he, we haven't seen Teddy the last three weeks. You know, he hasn't had a chance to... And... And the the halves have been decimated, and the games he came back, they were just trying to drill. It was their first game together, basically. Yeah, look, there's, honestly, there's, there's been way too much made out of Teddy the last few weeks. Like, it's just been a, a, a bad luck run where he's hardly played. Like, he has not had the ball in his hands. Against the Cowboys, so I, you know, it's it, it looks like a good matchup. And everyone forgets the first few weeks, Teddy scored pretty well. So, the other guy, Clint Gutherson from your Eels, has a plum matchup against the Warriors. Who did Turbo score 191 points against last week? Oh, it's the Warriors. <laughs> I'm going to trade out Gutho, who scored like 140 the other week, 
and could throw up the same this week against the New Zealand Warriors. You know, like it's it's pretty hard to trade one of those guys out to get Turbo. So I'm going to stick stick strong on this one. I'm I'm keeping my fullbacks. Yeah, um, actually, um, I actually um, had a bet on you to bounce back this week. You've got a. Uh... Gutherson as well as, uh, no, I was going to say Redrata. So Sivo, Sivo, don't you? Yep, yep, I do. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got a, they, they've, they've got a soft draw for the Eels. So, so do the Warriors. They've, they've basically got each other. And then they've got the, the bottom two or three teams, you know, sort of the Tigers and Dogs type sort of match, matches coming up. So, but both those teams, um, the only unfortunate thing is the Warriors, Warriors don't actually have that vibe that, um, I'm afraid of not sort of, I'm afraid of missing out on sort of Harris's points, so I'm just going to get him in this week as well. But um, yeah, I think sort of the Gutho, Sivo, Madison types, Papa Lee, especially if you don't if you don't own him, I'd be scared shitless. He goes he goes out of line again. Yeah, look, there is some really good draws for these teams, and like it's really important because that's what can swing this stuff. Like when you're talking about gun for guns. It's probably the worst way to chase points when you've got the top echelon of guns and the the fullbacks. Those top four are the top echelon of guns in the game, you know. And if you try and chase points for when you've already missed bulk points, it's it's very heavily likely, even just mathematically, that the guys you trade out are going to be the guys to score those big tons next. And you're just going to keep chasing your tail for like two months, and it'll just kill your season. Like statistically, you. You're gonna, you're more likely to hit these tons if you wait and you don't get a turbo now because there's no way that Teddy's gonna be a 50 point player or whatever like he has the last few weeks. It's just not gonna happen. Nope. So no. it's, no, it's look, gonna come around. Turbo is one guy you would probably make an exception for if, like, if you're, it's not chasing points, but like the fear of, fear of getting more distance between you and the leaders. Um, but if we've talked about this one before, but if you've got a player that scores 50, and everyone above you had a player that scores 150. What's the point of score, trading your player for the, the same one they've got? Because it doesn't yeah, matter exactly. what doesn't matter what they score, you're still going to be 100 points difference. Yeah, and and look, that's the other thing too. Turbo is like close to 50% owned at the moment. You know, like your best bet is playing the fullbacks that you have that are a lot less owned. And guys like James Tedesco, you know, Teddy has plummeted in ownership. Um, especially like Kalen Ponga, even though even though he got a little bit popular, you know he's still only in five percent of teams at the moment. So he was a popular trainer a couple of weeks ago, but he's in five percent of teams. Like that's how you catch the fifty percent of the turbo owners. Yep, just pick the right one. So moving on, um, the other guns that we've got here. The next one is slightly controversial because nobody really likes him anymore because they're all worried about his HIAs, and I'm not. And that's Ryan Madison. So Madison's come back the last couple of weeks and played 80 minutes a game, and he's now gone 60 and 85 points the last two weeks uh, and had a raw base of around 53. So I've liked what I've... Back on the right side. Yeah, exactly. And I like like the look of it, and he's 579,000 at the moment with a 64 BE. This is the time to pull the trigger against edges of the Warriors, Manly, and South, who have become really quite poor. And then he's going to play round 13 in the bye. If you want him for the buy, this is the perfect time to be getting him. So David Fafita to Madison, for me, is going to save uh, free up almost $300,000. And I'm really happy to get Madison in, and that also sets me for the buy pretty well too. So Madison, as one of our guns this week, I think is a great trading option. As far as the injuries, Billy, um, I always kind of say, if you're worried about injuries, you're going to miss out on points. You know, if, if someone gets injured, so be it, trade him out, buy another gun. But if you're too worried about that happening, then you're going to miss out on the points that uh, other guys are going to get by buying him now. 
Yeah, agree, mate. We're doing exactly the same. Um, Fafita and Ryan James out for uh, Madison and um, Cody Harris, I think. Get the points now in those draws. Yep, really like Maddo this week. Now, these other couple of guns that we're going to finish off the gun talk on for the trades haven't really performed as well as what you'd hope, um, although one of them had a breakout on the weekend. That one that did have a breakout on the weekend was not Bradman Best. So he scored a 30, which was his worst score of the year. He's got a, a 36 base, and he only managed a 30 on the weekend. Pretty poor. Apparently, he was carrying a bit of an elbow injury, so that is a bit of a worry. He's 476,000, though. He's got a 99 BE. Normally, I'd say, you know, wait a week, buy him the following. He's going to play round 13. You can make sure he's healthy, and he's going to play the Cowboys after this week anyway. Playing the Tigers, their defense out there is really bad. You know, so yeah, Brandon Best hasn't scored his last five games now. Playing the West Tigers, 476,000. You can just afford to pay the extra 25, 30K or whatever if he doesn't go well this week. Oh, well. Yep. I would buy the bullet if I needed to send a wing. I really like him this week. And he's one of those guys, Billy, that I really like, but his numbers this, this year so far don't say that I should. He, he definitely hasn't performed well. But, you know, the, the, the pedigree is there. He's surely going to step up. I really like it against the Tigers. Yeah, I read an article um, a few days a few days ago. I, I bought him last week. He was my, you, saw, you probably saw my little spiel on him. A great draw, great base. Um, it all, it's supposed to be about 40, but it was 30, so that was frustrating. Um, but the thing, the thing, the thing I like this week is that obviously um, Adam Dewey, if he plays center, will be lining up in front of him. So he, he's got the biggest legs in the league, mate. He's a tackle buster. He's, a, he's an animal near the line. Um, there was an article I read the other day about sort of uh, how, how how they're basically containing um, best, like they're, they're charging out of line and giving him little no room to move. So he hasn't been able to get that sort of three or four metres sort of um, a runway and speed to hit, to hit the ground running. So he hasn't really been charging into into the line as much as what, it, as what he did previously. But with the soft draw coming up and Caelan Ponga doing, uh, sweeping out that way and hopefully giving a couple of short balls, I'll, I'm, bounce, I'm tipping him to sort of bounce back um, to more, more of a sort of 60s sort of average over the next few weeks at least. Yeah, I, look, I really like him and a lot of people will be off him because they'll look at his scores, but... Uh, there's a lot more to it than that, and I think he's going to really come along, and I, I think it's going to start with a big game this week. Uh, David Nofa Luma, 534000 pretty cheap for Nofo, only has a 40-odd BE. His base has been quite down. He's only a 30-raw base, um, but I think that I've seen his tackle bust back the last few weeks and a few offloads, and all of a sudden he busts out on the weekend with 113 points, which included two tries. He played really well, and he now has the Knights the Warriors, Dragons, and then he hits the, the buy. So he is a guy that might be rounding into a bit more form, Billy. But, you know, the Tigers are a little bit hard to back. But, you know, they lost they lost on the weekend, and he looked really good. So maybe, you know, it doesn't really matter. He had a bit, he had a bit of luck there, too. Surprised at his base, though. He's always always had a pretty ordinary, pretty ordinary base. It's just it's his base attack, which is good. So the, ta- the tackle bus and the, those offloads are sort of getting up. Um, last year he was off the charts with the tries, so I don't, I don't know how he managed to get as, as many as he did, but I certainly wouldn't be backing him to sort of replicate that form at the moment. So I think he's turning things around a little bit, but I don't think he's going to get to, to the heights he did last year, so I'm going to stay away. No, I agree on that, but the thing is that he doesn't need to. You know, like he was priced at, what, close to 700k at the start of the year. Yeah. So, like, but now he's priced at 535 he doesn't need to be at the heights that he was last year. Like you can, 
you're paying 535 for him, I think that's, you know, 150 grand discount. It's now kind of worth it. Fair enough. Man, your thought pattern there is, look, you're really only going to play one of those Tigers, and it's either going to be um, uh, Laurie or Nofo. So would you buy Nofo right now for his price to play for the next three weeks? Yeah, well, I, I definitely trade Laurie to him. Like that's hundred percent. I do that. Like one of the things that I like about Nofo, his last three games is that he's got five offloads. His last three games, and he's got about twelve. Well, he's got more than that. He's got like sixteen, seventeen tackle busts. So his last three games, his base attack has actually been right back up there. Um, and I think that he was missing that a bit earlier. So yeah, like Dane Laurie, I, I'd hundred percent just trade him straight to David Nofaluma. Slim peas back there, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's also, especially if you're trying to set yourself up for round 13, like these are the type of guns you need to consider. I mean, you sound like that you're more, if you had to choose between best and nofo for your round 13, buy cover that you're trading in this week, that you'd probably go for best. Yeah, only because of the uh, the draw and his history around sort of having a higher base. But if I had, if I had, if I had to pick a bloke to win a championship or, or win, win a head-to-head, I'd be going nofo because he might, he might, do you have to score 25 one week, but 125 the next? Yep. So the bargain bin for the trades this week. We've got a couple of bargains out there. I'm going to quickly review those. One of them is a guy we're kind of waiting to step back up, and that is Junior Paulo. So Junior Paulo is only 419,000 now, has a BA of 45, so he's right for the picking and he's a value buy. Certainly had a really bad month of football before last week. So last week he scored 77 points, got to play bigger minutes at 68. Uh, and that's the key there. But even if he plays, you know, a fair bit less than that, it's going to be fine. But the four weeks before, he went 29, 41, 39, and 37 after a blistering month to start the year where he's averaging about 85. The thing that came out, Billy, that uh, I wasn't aware of initially during that really terrible run was apparently he had pretty bad ribs and he was wearing a big rib guard and it was sort of a guarded secret at the heels that he was um, carrying an injury. And that kind of makes sense because his minutes dipped a little bit. Uh, but now, last week against the Roosters, 77 points, and he did that with four offloads. Really good work rate. I thought that he looked the best that he has for a month, and he's now only 419,000. With a 45 BE, you could definitely wait a week and see what he looks like against the Warriors this week, and I think that probably would be smart. But if he looks really good again this week and scores really well again for those two weeks in a row, uh, I think all of a sudden you can look at him as a cheap purchase for value around 420k uh, and hope that he doesn't play State of Origin potentially. Yeah, you got to remember that, um, Brown, Brown was the last minute out last week, so um, that might have that might have played into the into the minutes. Yeah, that definitely could have affected things, so it'll be interesting this week um, to see what happens, although Lane um, filled in at 13 last week anyway though, and I think that Lane played uh, pretty similar minutes to what Brown normally would have, so yeah, I, look, I, I just think that it might be a bit of value for Junior, and certainly I don't think that um, a lot of people are going to jump on him. Another guy that a lot of people aren't going to jump on that's that's looking like value in the bargain bin for this week is Stephen Crichton. So Stephen Crichton ticks a few boxes at the moment. Um, he's coming off 123 points. Um, I bought him a few weeks ago, and he went 60, 40, and 123. Not hugely unhappy with that, um, getting him at like 390k, but 444,000 now. Reasonably cheap, but not as cheap as he was at sort of 380. But he has got a minus 3 BE and 123 rolling in there. And he's going to play against the Titans and then Souths and then the Bulldogs. So the next three weeks for the Penrith Panthers are key. 
and then he's going to play round 13 against the West Tigers in that bye round. So this next month of football looks really good, um, and I guess there is going to be teams that maybe can't afford a no for Luma Billy, and they're going to have to search in the bargain bin. And I think for the price and the fact that he ticks the box of making some money, um, Crichton might be a pod consideration because I don't think anyone's going to be grabbing him in. You really want him for that buy for that buy game, and if he's on the right hand side, he's not going to be next next to Cleary, is he? And there's a possibility that Luai won't be there either. So, how, 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 how many of those Panthers are going to be missing from that game that you want to play in? Yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, I guess you, you'd sort of hope that's a bit of a bonus, and you'd also be looking at the fact that he's got the Titans, Souths, and Dogs. Um, you know that Dogs game. Far out, you know, the full-strength Penrith side against the Dogs before that buy, he could throw up another 123 points pretty easy, I reckon. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good point. So, if you bought him, though, would you, how long would you hold him for? Is it, is it just a, a four- or five-game run that you want him for, or would you look at some bailing pretty quickly? Look, I think I, I'm going to be bailing pretty soon after. So, he's, the, the Panthers' draw works really well to get guys like Crichton in at a cheaper price, because... After the Titans, Souths and Bulldogs, and then they hit that West Tigers bye, they played the Sharks in round 14. And, you know, provided he goes pretty well with the Dogs game, he's probably going to have a low break even with that round 14 game versus the Sharks. He's going to make some cash. Then he hits uh, the Roosters, Eels, and a bye. So that three weeks kills him after the Sharks game, but the timing works out perfectly. So I would sell him after that round 14 Sharks game and hope to kind of make, you know, 75k, and also get the points that are going to be pretty decent for a month. Yeah. Where does, where does Burton fit, fit in the mix there? Are you, are you talking purely from a, um, a sense recorder perspective, or would you be interested in Burton as, a, as an alternative? I know it's a little bit more expensive, but... Yeah, look, I, I think Burton's a bit harder just because he's in the halves. Um, you've got to kind of fit him in there. If Burton was a setting wing, I'd be super interested, but uh, I just think that it's, it's too hard to grab him in the halves. And uh, also, I should say, too, they've also got their... Um, other centre-back as well, Momorowski, in the extended bench, and he was playing quite well before, so I'd be a little worried that maybe, whilst Burton will definitely play round 13, he might be benched in another game or something might happen. Yeah, I think so, mate. I think you're right on the money there. Um, so let's move along. Now, we got our quick pot of the week spotlight, and I mentioned this guy a few weeks ago, and he's my other big balls pod purchase that I'm probably going to make this week, Billy, and I don't think you're going to like it, but... Jerome Hughes, I mentioned him a few weeks ago, and now after that 102 versus the Roosters and 141 against the Warriors, he then went 80 and 103 against South on the weekend. Three out of the last four weeks, he's got tons. He's outscored Cleary by 56 points over the last month, and he has just been absolutely on fire, but because of that, he is a massive 718,000. Normally, as a halfback option, you'd go, nah, forget about it, no thanks, but if Sam Walker was ruled out this week... Um, he's the guy that I'm going to trade Sam Walker to if I'm making that trade. Um, I think that he's the only one that I can consider behind Cleary. He's going to play round 13, and he now is going to hit the Dragons, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Gold Coast Titans in the next month, and he's going to give you that by cover. So as far as paying for points, Billy, I'm just about prepared to pay him for this, and I think the next two weeks with no Grant and also no Munster, He's already been getting a lot of possessions, and I think he's going to be getting even more the next couple of weeks. He could be the best pod the next few weeks that you could have. Oh, I was doing exactly the same um, until I realised he wasn't available at five eight. Um, so same for me. It'll depend on um, Walker's availability over, over the next sort of couple of weeks. Otherwise, I'll be doing the same, mate. 
Yeah, and I like I, I was looking at it. I'm not sure about you, but I couldn't see any other halfback that I would trade to aside from Jerome Hughes. Like it was basically Jerome Hughes and Cleary, and nobody else that I would. Otherwise, I'd just hold Walker. Yeah, and I'd be happy to um, keep him in the team too. Like Walker's a little bit injured, injured at the moment, so he, he could throw up a a, a, a massive ton, but he could he could he could also throw up another sort of twenty or come off after fifteen minutes with a sort of a score of five. So. Um, if he's if I've got Teddy as well, I'd probably sort of want to half the risk there if they they, they don't click and don't get any, don't get any um, attack up the other end. Yep, and 26 base for Jerome Hughes too is pretty solid. A seven out of his nine games, he's gone 40 plus points, so pretty good ceiling. His lowest score is 36, and so it's a really good floor as well. Let's move along to the risky pods. Finish up on the trade segment with these two. Can I just say I cannot remember a podcast in the last four or five years that I've had to talk about both Leilua brothers, and I'm really loath to do it, but I've got to go there. Luciano Leilua, a risky pod because he isn't cheap. He's 544000 and I don't think that he's got the ceiling that the guys like Hughes do to, to sort of pay the money. But he's another guy that's going to play the round 13 by, and because I was looking at getting Barnett out, and then also Fafita went down, I did look at other second row options, and I have to say, isn't a huge amount out there. Um, but for round 13 players, there is Luciano Lua. Very quietly, he's been very, very consistent since round four. Since round four, he's gone 91, 84, 62, 70, 58, and 50. So he's, he's really only had a 50 floor the last couple of months of football, and he's mainly been getting pretty much gun scores if you didn't see who his name was and you just saw his score sheet. Uh, he's actually been going quite well. He's got a BE of 88, so he can afford to wait. Uh, and that's what I'm going to be doing. I am going to have a look at him. I think you can look at him this week if you've already got some of the other players or you really don't want a Madison. He's definitely an extreme pod, only going to be a few percent owned, but he does play round 13. He does have a bit of attack. He's got the Knights, the Warriors, the grudge match against his old team, the Dragons, and at least in round 13, the Panthers are going to be without most of their um, good playmakers. So, interesting one, Luciano. You went there last year and liked him. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've had a look again this year, Billy. Not this year, mate. Once bit, once bit, twice shy isn't the, isn't the same. Um, you can also you can go like twice bit and then three times shy if you want. Just whatever. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I um I think the only time last year I was really excited with with him was when he had a I think he had a try in the first couple of games. I, I thought, kind of felt vindicated, but then he he just seemed lazy, like he just wasn't involved. And then he had that two try game for 124, whatever it was. I was pretty excited, but then he just basically dragged me down for the rest of the year. So I just don't think he has enough involvement. I just fear that he's going to pump, pump two more of those fifties and sort of sort of seventies, eighties, mate. Yeah, and look, it's it, it is a bit of a tough one where he might do that. I think he can wait. He's probably going to be cheaper in the next couple of weeks, and you can reconsider it. I do think he's an option, um, and it is going to be a bit of a pod one with the base attack that's going to be there as well. I only scored two tries so far this year, so there's probably another one coming in the next month. Uh, Maddie Cavalli, we're going to finish off our trade segment on. And he's another risky pod, but he's someone that if you look at last year, he's got the big scores in him. He had that 172-point game against the North Queensland Cowboys last year. And his other 80-minute scores last year, he had 43 points, 70, 71, 60, and then finished the year on 30, which was a killer. So he's definitely got some lower ones in him, as do most centre wings. He's about 470k, and he's coming off 111. So he scored the three tries on the weekend, it did look like that he was still going to benefit, just like Brett Morris did, of the ball going that way. 
But, you know, he's just, he's not quite cheap enough where you can take a flyer on him and go, you know, you, you hope that he's just going to stick stick there with his try scoring now that he's got that spot probably cemented. But 111, 49 and 72 points are his um, starting points for his three games this year so far. So he's done pretty well, but he has scored tries in all of them. Uh, and he's actually, sorry, I got the price wrong too. He's 497,000 with the 20 BE. Cowboys, Broncos next two weeks, Billy. Um, not going to play the bye, obviously, but is he someone that's a bit of a pod that maybe people could look at? Oh, love him. He was my bye last week. Um, although I, it was a 50-50. I, it was him him or best. I, I ended up going best just because of the, the bye run, and I just wanted to watch him for a week, given uh, the fact that um, I didn't know what was happening with, with the Roosters and how decimated they were, and the fact that they were playing the Eels um, at Bankwest. I thought, oh, I'll just... I'll just watch him. So, so that obviously got that one wrong, but I still would get him. Just the a quick update on the stats. Um, he actually averaged 72 last year um, on that right wing. He only played three games. A lot of those low scores that you rattled off for last year, they were actually on the left wing. Oh, right, so yeah. yep. chooks chook go right side. So you've got to take those right out of the equation because they're completely different, mate. So his scores on the right-hand side were 172 40 and 70 and, and 40 and something else or something rather. So it was a 70, 72 average. And this year he's done exactly the same thing. So those scores on the right hand side around, what, what did you say they were? Um, well, he scores on this year were 111, 49 and 72. So he's, yeah, so he's, so he's well. still averaging, so he's still averaging 70. And, that, um, so, so six games on the right hand side is averaging sort of 70. I, I, his only sort of downside is the fact that he's not sort of playing. Uh, the first buy and the fact that he's um, like Chooks aren't full strength, so I'm going to pass on him for now, just until round uh, 13. But uh, I'll tell you what, if they if um, if Walker's Walker's healthy and, Ted, and, Ted, and Teddy's back to his best, um, mate, I'll be getting getting him in 100. percent I'll be Laurie will be the first to go. That'll be the switch. Yeah, and like it's it's one of those things where. In his games this year, three starting games, he only had a base of around 25, 26 points. But he makes up for that with a much higher tackle-busting ability than other centre wings have. So his tackle-busting is actually really good. So he ends up, you know, sort of a high 30s type of base base attack, even around a 40. So that's pretty decent for him. Um, One of the problems with him, though, Billy, just to finish up on Matt Ikevalu, Ikevalu's a buy now. I don't think you can do it later because, unfortunately, like the Roosters hit the Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders. Then they have the buy and they have a decent game against the Titans. But then they hit Penrith and Melbourne. Um, it's it's going to be really hard to have him at like probably 560k to 600k range. It's going to be hard to play him round 15 and 16, and a lot of people will because they'll want to hold him for the round 17 buy cover. But that two weeks could be a killer where he throws up some low scores. So it might be a, a quick you know, plug and play and then dump for the buy if you're going to get him in. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, I'd be worried about those post-buy games. Yeah, I'm the same as you, man. I don't really have much to add on that one apart from right now. Um, if someone's going to guarantee to give me sort of 80 points a week, I don't care if they're playing the buy or not, I'm just going to get him in. But other than that, I'll be buying everyone I can that's going to give me sort of a 65 average with a buy. Yep. All right, well, let's close the door on trade talk for this week. On that note, let's quickly look at the captaincy and VC options for this week, the Tigers and the Knights. Now, I 100% 
am going VC on Kalen Ponga, but I would be very, very tempted just to throw the C on him against the Tigers. I reckon he's up for a big score. He turned up last week against the Tigers this week, Billy. Prime option. Oh, I was uh, I was going to give Will for call halfway through that game and just see if he was still still alive because uh, I think Ponga was on what three at halftime or something. Yeah, he's on nothing, yeah. And then he just absolutely blitzed yeah. the second half, as did the Knights, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be a dry track up here, too. So, um, Magic Millions. So, um, yeah, Tigers aren't at Leichhardt, so they're not going to have that sort of home ground advantage, mate. I'd, I'd be more than happy to chuck a C on him if I had him. Yeah, I, I think he's a straight C candidate. But if you've got some really strong Cs in, later, then VC. But Pong is the one in this game. For the top sport better of the week here, Bradman Best, we went at last week at $2.83. $2.40 now this week because he hasn't scored for five weeks in a row. I'm going there. The Tigers' defense out there is terrible. Bradman Best is going over this week. Seagulls, Broncos. Now, unfortunately, with the fullbacks, mate, you, you can't VC and see them, can you? You've got to put one in the reserve spot so there's no VC, Ponga, C, Turbo. Yeah, straight up. Straight up for me. I'm not going to muck around with Turbo this week. I'd... It's either, it's either him or sort of Teddy. Um, I don't think Cleary goes big enough away from home. The bloke's averaging 123. I'm not going to argue against it. Just going to do it. Yeah, look, Broncos give up tons to opposing fullbacks. Like, they give up missed tackles. Like, it's just all over the place they're doing it. So, it's it's very scary. Um, surely you got to get on him. But as far as this game goes, um, I'm quite surprised that you can get Manly for a dollar forty at the moment. Um, so I'm just going to take them straight up. But I guess the sun court factor might be there for Magic magic Round that um, maybe the Broncos, you know, with a big crowd, step up and, and get a win. But I like the Seagulls at $1.40. I like the Seagulls to win, but I don't like the $1.40. Um, it's Broncos at home, mate, forward packs back. They, 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 could, they could win this by, by 16 just as much as Manny could win it by 32. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... I'm, I'm liking Manly. You're a hard man to please. <laughs> I just think it's a different Broncos outfit than what's been on, on the park for the last sort of 12 months straight, mate. I think the forward pack's just a lot better. I don't rate the outside backs. Ozarko just seems to be playing a little bit sort of better. Um, good forwards. I think uh, the, 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 new half, the new half, the new young halfback's got a, got a point to prove. Um, Magic, Magic Millions uh, weekend at home, dry track, and just... Oh, I just don't think it's going to be as as much. Is it Magic as, Millions? You're racing up there, mate. Are you getting your race, your racing confused with your footy, Magic Millions? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you like your racing. The Dogs and Raiders, mate. This one, I tell you what, <laughs> the Raiders have been abysmal, and they just they seem to be more and more problems in that locker room every single week. The Bulldogs were abysmal last week, though. Um, but $5.75 on top sport, that's, that's big odds for them. They've do- dropped Flano, and they've made some changes. Oh, I'm not prepared to take the, the Bulldogs at, anyway, despite the $5.75, but you can give them a 20.5 head start and still get a dollar sixty for the Bulldogs at the moment. So, you know, the Raiders haven't been able to put up many points. Dogs have been poor, but so are the Raiders. I'd actually take that twenty point start for the dogs given the Raiders form. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good I think it's a pretty good market on top sport they've got there for the pick your own line, getting a, about a dollar sixty for them at the twenty point head start. Um, as far as captaincy and vice captaincy options, both these teams are cancer at the moment for Supercoach. I would not be going near either of them. But the next game, talking about cancer, we've got two sides that aren't going very well either. 
Cronulla Sharks are looking pretty shot at the moment. And the South Sydney Rabbitohs have a multitude of injuries with a heap of players that might be out. Despite that, um, I I still would think that a uh, dollar thirty-eight for Souths is pretty good money, and you can go a minus four and a half on Top Sport and get a Top Sport bet going up to a dollar sixty-four if you wanted them to win by five plus points. So Top Sport bet for that one, I like it. As far as captaincy and vice captaincy options for Supercoach, mate. I really don't think there's many here, although some people might want to go Hail Mary on a, a Cody Walker. Um, and I can see Cody Walker scoring bulk points here playing up in Queensland against a, a pretty bad Sharks outfit, but it would be a big balls captaincy. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be more inclined to Alex Johnson. Yeah, I mean, AJ could very well score a hat-trick on this one as well. Um, I mean, look, I think with the games that are afterwards... You could definitely go a real pod VC option and go a VC AJ or even a VC Cody Walker and know that you might have a Teddy afterwards or some of these other guys, um, like the Storm game maybe or the Pappenhausen and Cleary playing last really helps with your VC options. So I reckon that's what you can take. The Roosters and the Cowboys. This one's pretty interesting because obviously Sam Walker could be out of it, but you know they do have Lachlan Lamb coming back, which I think helps a great deal for the Roosters as well. As far as captaincy... And vice-captaincy options, though. Teddy is not going to be captained by very many, many people at all this week. I do think that he bounces back. Yeah, same. I'm pretty gun-shy to put the C on him, though. Do you think that he... If you don't own, say... Like, I, I own um, Teddy and Gutherson, and a lot of people are going to be in that boat. Do you think Teddy's an option for the C, since you don't own a Turbo or Ponga? I think he's more of a VC, and you leave the C for clearing. I think he's later in the round. Yeah, that's probably a really good option with that one. The Roosters are pretty decimated, but having said that, on top sport, you can get the Roosters minus 8.5 for $1.63. I'm all over that one. Um, I reckon the Roosters can win by 10 points. I like it, but I've got a Billy bet here for top sport, Billy. A Billy bet that I know that you're going to love. With Ceddy Cavalli scores a lot of tries, to score a double, $4.30. Yeah, I'll be all over that. Huge one. Um... The game after this one, we've got uh, the Warriors and the Eels, mate. Now, when you're talking about out-of-the-box vice-captaincy options, um, obviously if you do have Cleary playing later in the round, you could go for an IPAP. That could possibly, you know, it is a revenge game. So as a non-IPAP owner, I'm pretty scared of Isaiah Papali'i going nuts um, against the Warriors and proving a point. Um, Or, you know, I am pretty elated that I have Gutherson playing a side that gave up 191 points to another star fullback last week. So I think both of those guys could be really interesting VC options for this one. Um, I don't think iPad goes anywhere near big enough. Because if, if he sets up a try and, and goes over for one and scores 115, are you really going to loop that, knowing that you'll get an AE of you know Ryan James or something other when you could just play sort of Cleary? Cleary's been averaging 100 straight out, so I just, I just think the... Uh, the, the risk is too high for the, uh, the other option I would be doing probably go to the VC on Gutho. Yeah, I, I really like the VC on Gutho this week. I'm, it's a heavy consideration for me. Uh, I can't quite do it, but I can see a Sevo hat trick on the horizon for this Warriors game and a potential for 120 plus um, jumping in. The problem is he's already got a couple of those big ones, so it's probably unlikely it's going to happen again so soon. Uh, the Storm and the Dragons is the second last game. 
Now, we've obviously got word that Munster and Grant are both out, which is a killer blow for the Storm because Munster could have been a great VC option or even a C option. He, he hit the 100 last week. If Pap stayed out, he would be goal-kicking too, although that was pretty detrimental last week, and it was detrimental to my eyes watching Cameron Munster try and goal-kick, mate. It was pretty bad. Oh, mate, diabolical. He didn't even go near it. Some of them were so bad, um, but... I tell you what, if you're going to get a pot in like uh, Jerome Hughes, if he wasn't a halfback, I'd back him for a VC here if you could uh, see to, um, Cleary afterwards, but you can't. So I don't think there's really anything in this one, and I really don't know what way it's going to go, aside from Josh Adokar scoring a try at some point. I still think that's going to happen, so I'm still pretty big on that on Top Sport. And for J- uh, Josh Adokar, for Top Sport better the week to score a try, $1.57 on Top Sport. Have you ever seen better odds of someone coming off six tries and scoring like, like nine in their last three, then a dollar fifty-seven to score against the Dragons this week. Yeah, I'm annoyed that he scored six last week. I would have won the two K on, on the Supercoach betting. Final game of the round is a big one. You know, the Supercoach gods have smiled upon us with this because we've got Nathan Cleary as a final C option, uh, and I'm all over that. He, he's an obvious one for this. People have been playing around with Brian Toto and even a, a Luai as a, as a pod option, but I don't think you go past Cleary in this. I think that he's a straight C, and I think uh, probably the thing that's going to make him less captain this week, Billy, is the you know, Turbo's 50% owned, and probably 40% of those Turbo owners are all putting the C straight on him. Yeah, if you, if you own Turbo, sure, surely everyone's chucking the, the C on him. Um... You probably have probably have a few VCs out there. The guys have some sort of a decent bench, but I'll be backing him around after Cleary if I, had, if I had to choose between the two. Yeah, I really like Cleary against the Titans. I think this is a, a really good catch-up week for the non-turbo owners, and you can get a C on Cleary without Fafita too. So, sure, surely, surely that eliminates the, um, the the possibility of having sort of twenty um, percent less possession and a half. Yeah, look, some of the defence of the Titans last week was really bad as well. So, I mean, no for Fafita to give him a bit of a strike weapon and the defence that they showed last week, even though they won, the, this this Panther side could absolutely kill them. You can see that in the line. They're minus 20.5 on the ninety line for the Panthers. But, you know, I I kind of like going for the minus 16.5 for $1.75. Um, I think that's a bit better. And I think that's very doable. And I like those odds of $1.75. So I'm going to be taking that one. But I tell you what, for the the bigger ones, Brian Toto is probably going to score a try this week. Um, but Stephen Crichton's been a bit of an outsider. He's been like two dollars thirty to two dollars seventy the last few weeks to score tries, and he scored a couple of them. Uh, and I like him to do it again this week against the Gold Coast Titans for uh, a bit of a better odds play. Uh, it's because he's gone back to the uh, familiar position. One where he actually yeah. doesn't have to get under a high ball or guess where he needs to be. Yeah, he's heaps better at centre. I mean, I, yeah. yeah, it's he's much, much better there. Right, that's that's round 10 for us. It's good to get you back in the podcast after a couple of weeks and looking ahead to Magic Round. You're, are you going along or are you going to be watching on TV? I was going to go along, although I've got a bit of work to do this weekend and Sunday games aren't exactly that exciting. So maybe, maybe, maybe head down Sunday for a beer somewhere, mate. Yeah, oh, sounds good. I'd love to be in Brisbane for that one, but I'm stuck here in poor old Sydney where we've got no football games this week, but I'll be watching eagerly on the TV. Oh, you enjoy that, mate. I'll enjoy beer. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy myself a case. Don't worry. Thanks for coming on, Billy. We'll, we'll <laughs> chat to you again soon, mate. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can download us and stream us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Do follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore C underscore All Stars. 
If you are going to gamble, do it responsibly and do it with Top Sport. Promo code SC Allstars. Good luck this weekend. It is Magic Weekend. I'm sure there'll be a lot of magic happening with some big scores. It projects really well, but it is a hard trading week, so there's going to be a lot to dissect next week. Can't wait to look at it. Can't wait to review Magic Round, and we'll talk to you again then. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. 